What it do, baby? Welcome to the Patty Melboys NBA pod. I am your host, Matt Edland. And as always, I am joined by my co-host and fellow Patty Meltboy, Ben Ryder. Ben, we have a lot to talk about. Like we were saying, it seems like a lot longer than two weeks since the last time we talked, but uh, a lot has happened. Free agency, the draft, uh, I think training camps, individual workouts start tomorrow and training camps, quote unquote, start this weekend. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about. I want to start with free agency. Both of us cut to two Fridays ago, Ben, when the news came across that uh, Jeremy Grant had signed a three-year, $60 million contract with the Detroit Pistons. We were both pretty distraught. How are you feeling now? Yeah, we got. I was so pumped. We got to start it off with a downer. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so It'll I- It'll be a I brief downer. Right. I, I don't think you can sugarcoat it. We were pretty distraught. I think Nuggets Twitter, Nuggets Nation was pretty distraught. Yeah. We had said on the previous podcast, like, look, there's one guy they got to bring back, Jeremy Grant. And what do you know? He goes to the Detroit Pistons. I think it was partially to the way they lost him, who they lost him to. Agreed. Um, you know, as, as I'm sure you'll cover, like offering to pay him basically the same amount. And he goes to Detroit Pistons, like, you know, kind of a in a no man's territory in the East for like basically since they had those since those good championship teams, yeah. And yeah. so it's just kind of like, what what's going on? Um, especially because he just fits so well with the Nuggets. Um, but that said, um, you know, I'll I'll let you take credit for the catchphrase. Um, uh, you know, what's the phrase? It's uh, it's just Jeremy Grant. I right? said it. It's just Jeremy Grant. I was I was distraught still the next morning, even though I was slowly talking myself into this new iteration of Nuggets basketball without Jeremy Grant. But I was talking to my fiance on the way. I forget where we were driving, um, but I was just trying to talk this out. And Claire gets this all the time from me, just me talking about Nuggets. And she she knows quite a bit about the Nuggets, but I think sometimes I talk a little bit too much about it. But it really hit me in one moment, like off of something I said. And it was, I mean, I guess it's just Jeremy Grant because he's our fourth or fifth best player. Mm -hmm. And this year with MPJ stepping up, he was definitely going to be fourth best at best because Will Barton, if he's healthy, is going to be coming, you know, coming back. He had a great season last year until he got hurt. But I think the main thing that I'm thinking the, the reason it hurt so much was because of the fit, not because he was the third or bet or second best player on the team. It was because of the fit. He guarded Kawhi. He guarded Donovan Mitchell. He guarded uh, though. Gary Harris needs the most credit for his uh, job on Donovan Mitchell, but you know, he, he guarded uh, LeBron and AD. You can't stop those guys, but he did a pretty effective job on them. So I think that's where it hurts the most is he fit so well. But at that $20 million mark, and apparently, like you had mentioned, the Nuggets did offer him the same contract. That's also what was confusing about this was, why'd you go to Detroit when the money was the same here? Um, and you were, you're not going to like a contender or something. You're going to Detroit. It's just a mm-hmm. little confusing. But I will say, that being said, I'm I've talked myself into this new iteration of the Nuggets, like I already mentioned, 
who they replaced Grant with. They signed Jamichael Green to a two-year $15 million deal and re-signed Millsap to a one-year $10 million deal. I did see today they're starting to kind of officially sign, you know, make these signings official as players arrive in Denver. Uh, these are supposed to be get you know getting done tonight, tomorrow, the next day, whenever. But Jamichael Green at two years, $15 million, I'm way happier with that than I would be, you know, two years from now with Grant on his third year, $20 million contract. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you like your phrasing, like, you know, when I was thinking about it and processing it, I was like, look, this team's championship hopes, like aren't, can't turn on Jeremy Grant. Like yeah. they're going to turn on Jokic. They're going to turn on Murray. They're going to turn on how good MPJ can be. And maybe, you know, how good bull bull can be. Sure. Um, Jeremy Grant was going to be the fourth or fifth best player on any team that won a championship with the Nuggets. And like, you know, he had a, a very impressive playoffs, but during the regular season, he wasn't always the best. And like you said, Will Barton, that was maybe the Nuggets second best player during the regular season. During the season, he's yeah. coming back. I do like to Michael Green, like, I think especially on the offensive end, like there's a chance that the Nuggets don't really miss a beat. I think on defense, like they take probably a half step back, but it's a half step back for next year. Um, And then the other thing you just don't know about this Nuggets team is like guys have stepped up and stepped into new roles consistently with them. You know, like if you go back to like 2014, like Jokic, like, no, we were talking about Nurkic, you know, and like building around him and stuff. Then it was Moutier. Um, and so like things don't seem to go as planned a lot of times with like who the Nuggets think they need to fill these roles. But guys step up and this is kind of leaving a, sp- a space there. Like Jamichael Green, I'm actually kind of interested. I feel like he I was maybe a little underutilized with the Clippers. Like he had a great year in Memphis before that. Um, and was really coming on, was really showing himself. Like, I'm kind of excited to see, like, Jokic is going to make him a much better player. So I'm kind of excited to see, you know, how good he can be. And he's obviously on a much better contract. Uh, And then it's going to leave a lot of space for MPJ. And that's what we want, right? Like, we've said it over and over again. We got to see what MPJ can give us. Because he, like, we weren't going to win a championship with Jeremy Grant as our third best player. We saw that last year. And it's got to be MPJ, uh, or it should be MPJ. He's the most likely candidate to elevate this team. So, I mean, a a small step back, but I think in the long run, like the Nuggets are going to be fine. And that's that was one of my takeaways too. The Nuggets core, they're still 26, 23, and 22, like your top three guys. That's, again, not including Barton, who was the second best player during the regular season last year. If, you know, uh, Oh boy. Uh, Gary Harris can, you know, get back to 80, 90% of who he was a few years ago. He just needs to get back to that slasher and that consistent three point shooter. And he's going to be so essential to this team. He's also only 26 years old. I agree. This isn't so much. It might be a little bit of a setback this year. Do I think it makes them worse this year? Probably in the playoffs because of that defensive versatility that Grant had but I think this offense is going to be cooking all year long. And I like what you said, and I've been thinking about it too. We need to see what MPJ can do. Is he a three? Is he a four? 
this is going to basically allow the Nuggets and Michael Malone to play around a lot with different lineups. I think that's what this year should be about. I do think that you took that little step backwards. Could you still be a contender by the by year's end when the chemistry is really clicking and everybody kind of knows their roles? I think so. Uh, Jermichael Green's definitely a better positional defender as a power forward, as a four, than Jeremy Grant was. He's just not as versatile. So, And he kind of mimics what Millsap does more so. And Millsap's a really good, especially now at his older age, team defender. Uh, he's kind of a captain on defense out there. Jermichael Green, I saw in his little sign-off goodbye to Clipper Nation, he said that he uh, really enjoyed the dog fights. That's kind of a guy that the Nuggets have been wanting. And toughness is kind of, it's not always this external thing where you have to have a scowl on your face and you got to push guys around. Like, I think we mentioned this during the playoffs or maybe after it ended shortly after the nuggets were a tough team. They came back from three, one deficits twice, but this guy, Jermichael green, you're right. When he was, when he was on that Memphis team a couple years ago, and then he came to the Clippers, I remember him being a hot name in free agency. And I didn't know like if the nuggets had a, were looking at him or had a shot or anything, but I remember Jermichael green, before that free agency, not really knowing who he was and then kind of realizing the last couple of years, how effective he can be. I do think you're right. He was underutilized because he's like a 39% three point shooter. He's a bruiser down low defensively. He's going to play a lot more, I think for the nuggets than he has been the last couple of years. And I'm excited about Isaiah Hartenstein too, or Hartenstein. Do you know how to say his name? I, I, uh, Hartenstein, um, a summer league darling, right? I, I feel like we sat was. right next to his parents, maybe chopped it up a little bit, maybe not. I think you're right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm excited too. I, I actually think he, like, it's funny, like Detroit basically signed kind of our, our backup big guy bench, um, which yep. is, is cool. But then we replaced them for like a lot for $85 less money million. And, dollars. Yeah. And like not <laughs> much, like, I think he could like be a very good replacement for Mason Plumley. Like I am very yeah. excited to see him kind of come in and like maybe be like less air prone than, than Plumley was maybe more consistent than Plumley. So yeah, like, I mean, and I also, I don't know, for some reason I thought like, kind of like you talked about with Jermichael Green, I thought there's kind of a lot of hype around Isaiah Hartenstein like a year or two ago uh sort of when he's coming into the league and then maybe it's just the way houston plays with that small ball lineup and he just didn't get a lot of looks um i think i saw maybe started two games last year or something for him houston had to have had something to do with that yeah yeah so i think the fact that he was in that system some really good potential there um you know it's it's kind of going to be a fun nuggets lineup like or a fun nuggets year because there's going to be numerous spots where it's like let's see what we got with this guy you know like a lot of guys have the potential to like really step in and like step up and, and, you know, make, make themselves a part of like what could be a championship core going forward. So it's going to be fun. I want to see that this year. Honestly, I think maybe I didn't fully say it uh, uh, a little bit ago, but with the years, maybe taking a step back, maybe not. uh, I really want to just see them experiment. I want to know by the end of the year, we're going to talk about big picture at the end of the podcast, but like, I want to know by the end of the year if MPJ is that second or third guy. I want to know if Bull Bull's a rotation player going for going into next year and then maybe a starter the year after that. You know, is Bull yep. a three or a four? Because he's probably not a five 
from what I'm hearing, because he's just so skinny and he's so versatile out on the wing. Uh, but yeah, Hartenstein, I've, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think in the G League last year, he averaged like 25 and 14. I know it's the G League. I know that. But he apparently is a really good offensive rebounder. He's not going to be as good of a passer as Mason Plumley. I think his passing, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here because Mason Plumley was a very good backup. But Hartenstein could, in the next couple of years, kind of establish himself as a better fit for that second unit. I think he's more of a rim runner. Plumley was kind of a rim runner, but and he had really good chemistry with Monte Morris. I think Monte Morris might love Hartenstein too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'm excited. We need to talk about the the other guy that the Nuggets signed, Ben. They signed Real Madrid and Argentinian uh, national team point guard Facundo Campazzo. He was playing in the Euro League until about last week. He is in town. I just saw before we hopped on. He's here. He's going to be signing his contract uh, the next day or two. He's a 29 year old, five foot eleven point guard. And he's apparently a flat-out stud. Have you seen some of these highlights, his passing highlights on YouTube or anything like that? I have seen a couple of clips, but not much. He he looks like a lot of fun. I feel like all, insane. The, all the reviews <laughs> of him are this guy is just really fun to watch. And, uh, you know, coupling him up with Jokic uh, is going to be – I think Denver is going to definitely make, like, the league pass ratings. I think they're already pretty high up there. Yeah. But they should be in the top three or four spot with, uh, how do you say it? Compazzo? Compazzo. Compazzo. I read I like on it. I read online, it's like pizza. Like how you say the Z's in pizza. So it's Compazzo. Okay. Chris, yeah. uh, is it Chris Marlowe? The uh, Nuggets play-by-play oh, guy? He's going to have a heyday. He's yep. going to have a heyday. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I've So do yourselves a favor, everybody listening, go watch this guy's like just a passing compilation of what this guy's done. He's a legend in Argentina. He's one of the best international players in the world. Um, We do need to maybe talk about what does this mean for Monte Morris and uh, PJ Dozier, the two other guards that are the, in the backup point guard position here behind Jamal Murray. I think they're going to play a lot of two guard lineups with Monte Uh, PJ I kind of hope PJ, he's a six foot six long dude. I think he might step into that role that Torrey Craig uh, left open after the Nuggets didn't sign him back. Um, RIP Torrey Craig on the Denver Nuggets. We, we put out a little post on our Twitter the other day, some pictures of us with him at uh, Summer League. I love Torrey as a teammate, as like just a hardworking dude, a defensive-minded bulldog here. He'll be missed, but maybe PJ steps more into that role than he does point guard, except – he might be just as effective on defense and he can handle the ball better. Might be yeah. a better shirt shooter too. Tori was Probably never that consistent shooter. of a shooter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what does, what do you think this means for Monte? Uh, he's, he's eligible for a contract extension. I know he wants it. I think the nuggets would want it at the right price, but Monte is regarded around the league as easily one of the best backup point guards. He could definitely start for some teams. So maybe the Nuggets are playing some hardball here. I would love for Monte to be on this team for a long time. I hope they extend him, but it does seem like he's at least going to be going into the season without the extension. Yeah, I mean, he deserves the extension, right? Like He does. Yeah. He comes in off the bench. He never, I mean, almost never turns the ball over, like rarely does. He, you know, 
gets in there, like dribbles around, hits a nice pull up jumper. Like, I mean, frankly, in the playoffs, there were a couple games there where it was like, look, the Nuggets bench needs to get a bucket. And I felt like out of that whole bench, the guy like you wanted, like stepping up was Monte. Um, yeah. And he, he frequently did. He's just like a steady rock. Like, frankly, like that's what I'm hoping Hartenstein can be a little bit more of just like a little Same. bit more consistent. Like Plumlee would have his great moments, but then he'd have moments that is like, what is this guy doing? Monte, you never feel like that. You feel like he's got the game in control. No stupid play is just going to be really solid. I think, I mean, I don't think Monte is going to see too big a dip in his minutes with Compazzo. Uh, he shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> he's just too good. I think you're right. Like we'll see a lot of sort of two guard lineups and stuff like that. Um, and, and maybe Monte coming in earlier off the bench to uh, playing with That'd some be great. starters a little bit more. I mean, I, I kind of feel like he deserves that and he can play that role pretty well. He shoots pretty well. Um, so I'd like to see that. I I'm with you. Like, keep Monte around as long as possible. I think he is going to have a big payday come, not a big payday, but a deserved like role player payday at some point. So I think it should come from the nuggets too. Cause isn't it a little bit more valuable as well going forward, having Monte as a little bit of a bigger trade chip with a, with a salary that could match some other larger salaries. Monte's kind of been that guy that people have thrown into a Bradley Beal deal, like throw him in there just, well, for the talent, I think, but salary wise, his salary is so small right now that you kind of have to then throw in a third guy. Yeah. I, I think that um, it just makes sense to sign. I want them to keep him. I do not want him to be traded. I'm just saying, I think it makes sense in every way you look at it to extend him and give him $8 million a year. Yeah, Sign him I mean, to I, the Plumlee contract, three years, I 25 agree. million. I mean, I'll be honest, like I was trying to think like what kind of contract would you give? And I was thinking like if they gave him like, you know, three, ten, three and 10 a year or something like that, like yeah. I would be fine with that. And I feel like that Perfect. would be a valuable contract that people would yeah. want, right? Like Marcus solid... Morris is making four years, $64 million. <laughs> and he's right. yeah. overrated as hell. That's yeah, another so. reason I'm glad we got Jamichael Green. What are the Clippers doing? Giving up Green at like two years, fifteen million, and signing a Morris twin to four years, yeah. sixty-four million. The I other mean, Morris twin, Markeith, got two point five million dollars for one year. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, guess that, they have a joint banking account. This this is no joke. I think the Morris twins still have a joint banking account. One of them I is contributing that. sixty-four million dollars. <laughs> the other one's contributing two point five. Good it's funny Markeith. too. I like flipped on him. I thought Markeith was always going to be the better Morris. I thought he uh, was. Mori. Do you call him yeah, Mori because they're twins. plural? Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, and uh, but Marcus, I mean, that's a rough con. I feel like that's going to be a rough contract, if not this year, like next year, maybe already. Oh yeah, I mean, it's up there with like it it's be. not the Hayward contract, but it it's I would not want that. That Hayward contract is insane. No wonder he yeah. opted out. Everybody thought he had a reason for opting out. Obviously, he's not a dumbass, but um, but anyway, I let's talk quickly about uh. Uh, Plumlee's departure and how the how the Patty Melt boys actually feel about Plumlee. <laughs> He's the only guy that stiffed us in uh, summer league. Did we mention this on the pod before? I think we've alluded to it. I don't think we yeah. gave the full backstory. He's the only guy. We so I don't know when. What, how old were we? We were thirty. We're getting pictures with a bunch of like twenty year olds and you know twenty <laughs> whatever. So maybe it's a little it stupid. Cool. 
but yeah, but Plumlee's the only one, the only nugget that was there, even the nuggets that were playing. Uh, I guess Bobo wasn't dressed and MPJ was sitting out that game because he tweaked his knee. He was fine. We got the inside scoop. Yeah. Everybody took pictures with us. DeMar DeRozan begrudgingly took a picture took pictures me. yeah and his, uh, it took about hoodie. five seconds yeah it took about five seconds to get a picture with with him with a damar and his buddy told me three times to hurry it up and i was like dude we're just it's one <laughs> picture calm down uh but yeah, yeah. Plumley's the only guy that stiffed us he i said mean he'd not be only right did over. he stiff us right he he, he was he, he's like i got you guys and then yeah. he didn't have us um, yeah so, uh, but also you said maybe a little bit more consistency from Hartenstein. I also, there were way too many situations. People who've gone to basketball games with me know this, where somehow Plumley ended up with the ball in his hands with five seconds left on the shot clock. And he'd throw up one of those stupid hook shots. If there's less than seven seconds on a shot clock and Plumley had the ball, I would just be yelling for him to pass it because I knew what was about to happen. He was gonna he was gonna go to the middle of the lane with his little sweeping hook. He he did better with it than I than you would think. <laughs> yeah, but, occasionally he'd make those and you're like, yeah, whoa. But it was just yeah. scary, man. Right. And I, I mean, the way he does threw it at the rim, touch. it just looked almost like he is angry at the rim. You know, like it wasn't yeah. much touch. It was just very direct. But speaking of our summer league encounters and Monte, very cool guy. Uh, the coolest. Yeah. He, the opposite of Plumley. Yeah. He, he, him and Tori Craig were like, Tori Craig was actually like for an entire game sitting with AD and LeBron. Yeah. And I think DeMarcus Cousins um, and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, but Monte Morris was chopping it up with those guys too. I think Monte Morris is one of the most well-liked guys in the league. I think he's easily now, especially with Tory Craig gone. I think it was him and Tory when Tory was here, but Monte is easily, I think the leader of the locker room or the most well-liked guy. He's yeah. always the guy who's taking the rookies under his wing. I freaking love him. And that's yep. just the kind of guy that I think, He's so skilled. Obviously, you want to keep him for that reason. So that makes Monte Morris even more valuable. Not only is he one of the better players on the team, he's the best player off the bench, but he's one of the best, if not the best guys in the locker room. I do want to mention real quick for uh, there's been some talk about uh, Facundo Campazzo coming over here. Maybe he doesn't get a lot of minutes. He's a 5'11". You know, why hasn't he been in the league before? He's 29 years old. I think he just liked playing over there. But I have a I have a tweet here, too, from Miroslav um, Kuk. I don't know how to say his last name. But this is a little bit of a perspective here that I really liked that I saw before we hopped on. For those who think Facundo Campazzo won't have a big role on the Nuggets, just a reminder that he signed a two-year contract for about $6 million U.S. dollars total, and his release clause in Real Madrid is about €6 million, Euros, of which most he will pay himself. So I guess he kind of has to pay that to get out of his contract over there. And then the second little part of this says, if you think a top international player wants to sit out two years of his prime and do it for basically free, you have another thing coming. That's a really good point. I think Campazzo is going to play a lot and I'm excited to see him play a lot. I saw that. And I I have to ask you, Matt, like how much of this do you think is Jokic? Um, You know, Jokic, like he is known by European guys. I mean, he's known the world over, but he's known as this great, you know, type of Euro passer type player the fact that like 
one of the best Euro players wants to come for not a ton of money. And if that's true about the buyout, basically no money um, and play with the nuggets. Like it's not like he's going to Madison square garden or anything like that. I, I just wonder, like, do you think there's a part of this? that's like, Hey, let, let's go play with our like fellow European, like the best European probably. I I think it has probably a little bit better, but one um, of though easily. Yeah. Yeah. Doncic and him. I mean, the fit is really the, I think the difference between like Giannis and Doncic, maybe not Doncic so much. Cause he uh, he's not the point guard, but he kind of runs a lot of the offense like Jokic does. I think both of those places make sense more than, more than a uh, Milwaukee would for Compazzo. I'll be interested to hear what he says. Cause I've been listening to some podcasts. People want to know the same thing. Why did he pick Denver? It's gotta be Jokic. Because yeah. Jokic and the Nuggets play a little bit more of a European style of basketball than a lot of these other teams do. I heard sure. direct contrast, like there's no way in hell he was signing with Houston. <laughs> Compazzo doesn't want to waste, like that tweet said, he doesn't want to waste two years of his prime years coming over here and just sitting and watching somebody like James Harden play basketball. I think mm-hmm. he wants to be involved in the offense. The Nuggets clearly, I think this tweet is right for this reason too. They have a role for him here. He's going to play. Otherwise he wouldn't have come here either. He wants to play with Jokic. He's going to be on the bench, but there's going to be some crossover there. I think these two are going to love each other if they don't already know each other a little bit. Um, It's, it's gotta be Jokic in the style of play he plays. I'm assuming you've got to think the same thing with the asking the question. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I have no inside info here. Uh, don't have my <laughs> European scouts haven't been in much contact the last couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I was thinking about it and I was like, this guy, like great passer. Like it seems like he plays the game a lot. Like Jokic plays the game Yeah, and it's like, and then I saw that tweet earlier today and I thought, geez, you know, like there's gotta be like some compelling reason. And Jokic would seems to be like the most obvious to me. And the nuggets are good. That helps too. They are. Yeah. So, so there's another reason. Well, I think this is very exciting. Bull Bull's contract was converted to a full NBA contract. That's awesome. He signed a two year, $4.2 million deal. Um, He's going to be a restricted free agent when his contract is up and the nuggets will have his bird rights at that time as well. I think that's amazing. They can match any offer if they want to, if, if another team offers him a, an offer sheet. Um, but then his bird rights allows them to go over the cap to sign their own guy as well. So this was a shrewd move. I think this might've been something that they kind of promised bull uh, at some point. And then the way, especially the off season uh, kind of played out with grant leaving, it made all the more sense. Yeah. So I think I'm he really deserves to it too. That. He does after his play in the bubble. I mean, uh, he, sh- he showed like, he's not just kind of like, you know, a couple game, nine games in college. Uh, yeah. Flash. Of he's the band, skilled. So, yeah. yeah. And apparently, you know, one of the knocks I remember, he obviously had that uh, broken foot in college, but I think one of the knocks that also contributed to him falling to us and we had to trade into the draft to get him, but his work ethic was being questioned. Mm-hmm. and everything I've heard since he's been here, apparently he's been in Denver a lot during this off season, very short off season. Uh, Malone loves him. I guess he's a sponge. He just like, he learns things quickly and he's been working really, really hard in the gym uh, this summer here in Denver. And they like what they're seeing. I think, it, I think they're also extending him because they want him to be with the team full time. Not just those 50 days that the, that the CBAs, you know, improve or, 
upped for this weird season we're about to have for two-way players, but I just like it because you also want to know what you have with Bull going forward. These next two years are going to be important for him, and I think he's going to develop a lot. Yeah. Also, Bull, another Patty Melt Boys Summer League favorite. Cool guy, funny guy, cracks some Very jokes. cool guy. Very cool guy. Made fun of John's shirt. John was wearing a Bull shirt. Great guy. Very quiet, but very funny. Let's get to uh, some more young nuggets. The draft that happened two weeks ago, Ben, what did you think? I was pretty lukewarm Yeah. when they picked Zeke Najee at first, and I'm on the Najee train now. But I just I wanted them to pick uh, to pick RJ Hampton and then they didn't. And I was like, man, they went with like the safe pick, like the the guy who who's going to be like a maybe a solid role player for them. They didn't go for the home run swing. And then they traded up. They traded into the draft to pick RJ Hampton at 24. Then I got really pumped. And then, like I said, I read more about Zeke Najee. I learned more about him. I am really high on both of these guys. Yeah, no, I think I was with you like uh, on draft night as well. When that news came in, I I was like, who's this guy, you know? Um, and I was, it kind of gave me like vibes of like the Tyler Lydon pick of like this guy that like, it's just- I wasn't like, that why? angry because that made me really mad, but. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe like the Thomas Welsh pick. I guess that was a second round pick, but I, like he was a guy I watched at UCLA and I was just like, yeah. he, this guy isn't a player. Like, what are you doing? Um, but I kind of felt like, yeah, it's like, you know, so what are we doing with this guy? I'm with, I haven't read as much as you have, but one thing I really liked is like, he's talking about like how motivated he is to be a good defender. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention that. It seems like he clearly has the athletic tools to do that. And that's kind of like, I really appreciate that the guy's coming in. He's like, you know, understands already like where he can make an impact on the nuggets. Cause that's what they need, frankly, is a guy like his size that could come in and play lockdown defense. Like if he can do that, he'll play. And so like, I was really happy to see that he has the tools, obviously learning defense and as a rookie is a very tough, steep learning yeah. curve. But I mean, I think he's an intriguing pick. Um, you know, we'll see how he looks out there, but I'm, I'm yeah. not, I'm, I'm okay with it now, especially I'm now very, that they went and got RJ. So. Yeah. I'm very okay with it. Everything I hear about the guy is that like, you know, going into his like senior year, maybe his junior year of high school, like nobody knew who the hell he was. Uh, He was on AAU teams and he just like worked his ass off. Then like went to Arizona for a year, averaged 16 and almost nine rebounds a game. He was the PAC 12 freshman of the year. He made all PAC 12 team. Everything I hear about him is that he's an extremely hard worker has a high motor. He shot the ball well in high school, but like that wasn't his role at Arizona. Again, just another thing that he's like, yeah, that wasn't my role. So I didn't do it. Uh, He didn't shoot many threes, but I guess he does have uh, range out to the three point line. He's a really good free throw shooter, which is always a good sign for, for shooting potential. And I do this. This tells me everything that I need to know about his work ethic. Zeke Najee has spent the last six months in Vegas doing two day workouts and has added 20 pounds of muscle while on a vegan diet while maintaining 5.9% body fat. This dude just works. Yeah. I love this kid. Also Um, tickles the ivories. I mean, yeah, uh, like he seems, he seems like he's a good fit at the very least with the culture um, in Denver. So culture, he's going to be a great culture guy. I also want to want to ask you this. 
I don't think this is a stretch here. He's an accomplished, accomplished piano player. That leads me to believe he's a really smart guy. Is that fair to say? I think so. I mean, he's he, gotta be, he seems like it for sure. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. There was something else. I can't remember something else in the draft night ESPN story that made me think that, but yeah, I'm with you on that. He's just, I'm pumped for him now. He's, he's not, none of these rookies are going to play a ton this year, but I think that he has a really good chance. Just everything I read about him, about how hard he works, that his touch his rebounding, his defensive versatility. Didn't we see maybe Kevin O'Connor said that his defense wasn't a strength. I did. I, yeah. I've watched the ringer, some, um, yeah. They had it as kind of like a knock on him, which I wasn't like, I just have not watched a lot of Zeke yeah. Najee before the draft. And I was kind of like, huh, it, it's was a little, it struck me as weird. Cause it like everything else you heard was kind of like, he has a lot of like the tools to be a good defender. And so yeah. I wasn't sure about that. Um, and I think that was like other people disagreed. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you'd said too. Maybe other people didn't have that knock on him, but I think with how hard he works and like just kind of being a student of the game, that's something that, that he can eventually learn at the NBA level too. Cause like you said, his physical tools are there. I don't think that'll be an issue. Maybe he can be like bull bull and just be a sponge, just learn things quickly. Uh, yeah. That's the hope he'll get some play this year. It's, it's, it's going to be a weird year with a lot of people resting and, you know, people being out sick and stuff like that. All these guys are going to get some time, but uh, I think he might actually get more time than RJ Hampton, but let's talk about him. This is the home run pick. He's been, he was a top five. Let me see. I just want to, this was a note about Tim Connolly earlier and how just he, he gets these guys every draft in 2018, the Nuggets drafted MPJ with the 14th pick after he fell. He was the number one player in his high school class. 2019, drafted Bull Bull with the 44th overall pick after he fell. He was the number four player in his draft. RJ Hampton this year, pick number 24. He was the number five player in his draft. There's definitely some luck here that these guys are falling, but like, thank God we have Tim Connolly because he it does help also that we have a good team. So we don't have to be picking for like fit right. necessarily. He's on like, we're fine with RJ Hampton taking two years now, mm -hmm. just like MPJ did just like bulb or at least a year, basically to red shirt. He'll play a little, um, yeah. but man, I'm pumped. This is the home run swing I wanted. And they came in and got both our guys. Yeah. I mean, it's our guy now. So <laughs> it's kind of fun, right? As a Nuggets fan, the last three drafts, because you go like the last three drafts, like there's a guy falling it's been a ton of fun. And every team is like, come on, like this guy could be awesome. You know, like mm -hmm. you, you just watch him like MPJ, I think was the biggest one where people are just like, Huge. what, like take him, take him. And then the Nuggets take him like, and RJ was the guy for different reasons this time, um, you know, but like, it, it's also just like a smart, I feel like at that level, it's like, you know what the 24th pick like okay like he doesn't pan out well all right big deal like, you know like i guess and we what we traded for lottery was nothing pick. yeah it was a lottery, lottery protected, protected 2023 pick, so. like whatever yeah and then the upside is like you get a guy like mpj who is uh you know really good and i i was gonna say that with in res with respect to zeke Naje naji about you know tim conley like part of me when he made it i was just kind of like you know, he's taking this guy here for a reason. Like for there's sure. more talented guys on the board. Like that was the, I feel like the difference with the Tyler Lydon draft. Like, I don't remember like thinking like, Oh, there's a lot of other guys I want to have here. 
Whereas like here there was, and he went and got uh, Zeke. So like, yeah, I was kind of like, you know, I'll, he sees something. So I'll, I'll trust. Him. He's earned our trust. Yeah. My, the two YouTube clips I watched, he's probably watched a little bit more. So yeah, <laughs> I'd say you're probably right. Uh, the RJ Hampton thing, uh, this is from Sam Vicenny's uh, of the athletic scouting analysis pressures defenders with his speed, quickness, and athleticism off the dribble. His first step is elite. He gets downhill very quickly and becomes difficult to get in front of. Few defenders will be able to get in front of him and he will live in the paint. He brings a different element in that regard, a change of pace from the more measured and deliberate ways Jamal Murray and Monte Morris and even Will Barton prod at the defense. He also needs to improve his shooting. I think that's the biggest knock on him. And then maybe obviously his like, uh, you know, ball handling decision-making that yeah. stuff is rookie one Oh one decision-making yeah. ball handling, like the, the different just defense that they're going to be going up against in the NBA. I'm so freaking ready to have one of the fastest guys in the league on our team. Like those, those Jokic outlet passes are going to hit different with RJ yeah. Hampton on the team. He reminds me, I haven't watched a ton of him, but he reminds me, or I feel like he could play the type of role like that Malik Beasley played I while think he was so. in Denver. Yeah. Where, like Malik was always like kind of reckless and you're just like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> and sometimes it was like a crazy dunk. And then sometimes it was like, you know, he, he threw the ball off the backboard or something like that. Yeah. But he, he could also, I, I think that RJ's shooting might be underrated a little bit. I think a, a lot of people probably like, he had a is. tough year in New Zealand um and i i feel or australia i guess it was maybe but i feel yeah. like he's he's was rated as a better shooter before that and it was a pretty small sample over there a team like not really built for him too is what i understand so i think that might not be as bad as some people are saying but well and you know what another another uh thing that might help is three-point shooting he's been training all summer in memphis with penny hardaway uh, learning the nuances of the pick and roll and with Mike Miller, former Nugget, uh, South Dakota legend, uh, won a couple titles with the heat, uh, won the six man award, uh, six man of the year award. And he's with the Grizzlies won the rookie of the year award with the magic. He's an ACE three point shooter. And he's been working a lot with RJ Hampton. Apparently, I guess when the, when the uh, draft was getting into that 15, 16 range, he really had a uh, Hampton had a good idea that the nuggets were going to end up picking him even hmm. picks down the road. Uh, Mike Miller did, I guess, have some contact with uh, Tim Connolly as the night was going on. Mm. So that, I mean, he vouches for him. Mike Miller's the one who gave Jokic the Joker nickname. He said, I think I forget what podcast it might've been Bill Simmons. I, it was some well-known podcast that somebody asked him, maybe Zach Lowe who like, who the star or like who like the next guy was going to be in the NBA. And he was already with the nuggets, but he said, Jokic like two years before Jokic was hmm. an all-star. I, I think Mike Miller, obviously he's biased. Um, he's known RJ Hampton since high school. He coached at Memphis last year uh, where, where I think RJ Hampton was maybe going to go if he didn't go overseas. Yeah. But I don't care about the bias. If, if uh, Mike Miller, who I don't think ever had to be coached in three-point shooting. So maybe he's not a great three-point shooting coach, but I believe he is, you know. He knows how to um, shoot him. So Yeah, he does. So I've also read and heard that he's a super hard worker. I think that's going to be huge. He's already said that his time in Australia was a, was a good thing, that he struggled over there, um, that he knows now. He's been told no 
Whereas a lot of people coming in uh, to the NBA have been the star the whole time. Yeah. He went over to the, to Australia. He had to play a role and he's ready to play a role for the nuggets. And hopefully, you know, he says he wants to be one of the best players of all time, but he's willing to grow into that. So yeah, that's going to be awesome. It's one of those things too. Like you you talked about Bulbul's work ethic, but sometimes falling a little bit uh, for like these guys that are rated pretty high. Like it kind of, you know, lights a fire and, and makes them realize, look, like this isn't just going to be given. Um, I'm not just going to get minutes um, and I'm going to have to earn them. And that's definitely the case in Denver. I mean, MPJ yeah. on a lot of teams would be, uh, you know, starting and playing a ton of minutes already. And uh, he had to earn those minutes in Denver. For sure. I mean, yeah, Hampton's going to have to work hard because he's behind Gary, Will Barton, Murray, Monte Morris, Compazzo, and PJ Composure. Or yeah. Dozier. Sorry. That's what com- some people call him is Composure. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, one more, one more quick little note. And you might describe this, describe this guy as quick and little. They also, the Nuggets also signed undrafted five foot eleven point guard. They're kind of enamored with the five eleven guys uh this offseason, Ben. Four-year offensive juggernaut at Marquette, Marcus Howard. They signed him to a two-year deal after the draft ended. Howard led the nation in scoring his senior year at Marquette, uh, averaging almost 28 points per game. And as Mar- he's Marquette's all-time leading scorer, he also shot 41% from three his senior year, never averaged in his four years less than 40% from three. Um, I think his turnover, turnover ratio is an issue. It's about one-to-one from what I heard. So his decision-making might not be great, but you wanted to talk about Marcus Howard. I mean, I'm glad to, but I, I sent you a video of, yeah. of a game he had this year. He's insanely good. I, I feel like every draft, there's like a guy that like either goes late in the second round or like doesn't get drafted that people like immediately after, like before the season starts are like, Oh yeah, this guy's going to play. And I'm always like a little astounded because it's like, like Monte Morris was not that soon after, but it like, looking back, people are like, Oh yeah, he never turned the ball over. Of course he'd be a great point guard. Yeah. And to me, like, I'm, I don't know a lot about Howard, but it's like, he can shoot. Uh, yeah. And shooting is like a skill that's in demand in the NBA. And so like, if he could play a role of coming in and hitting shots, like, you know, that's, that's a big time NBA skill. Um, you know, like, yeah, he has other issues, but if he's asked to do a limited role and he can, you know, contain himself to that, like, it just seems like he's a guy that's like, yeah, that's, that's a good pickup there for, you know, no picks. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's a really good pickup. And, uh, you know, this is again, that weird year we're about to have where, because of COVID protocol, some players are going to get sick. They're not going to be able to play like a lot of these two way guys. Um, they're going to play some this year. They're, they're, you know, they're, and they're allowed to be up with the team more often this year because it is going to be a weird year. So I think he's going to play. And in that video I sent you, I, I believe he needs to work on his uh, decision-making and all that stuff, but <laughs> he's not some shooter that just, just sits in the corner and shoots. Yeah. He can get his own shot. This For guy sure. is, yeah. this guy creates his own shot too. So he's not just some, some guy who stands off in the corner and can't move. Um, I think he's got a shot to do some stuff this year for the Nuggets. So could be pretty exciting. Let's, uh, 
I think that's it for new new additions here. It's year. excited. I'm ready to watch some Nuggets basketball. You know, like the roster's set. Um, it's it. I think it looks different than we thought it was going to look, but it's going to be mm-hmm. fun. Like, there's a lot of guys. It's like let's see see what they got. I feel like that's the first time in a couple of years where we've had this much like, you know, turnover. Sort of yeah. There's some real uncertainty about like who gets certain minutes um, for the first yep. time in a while. I feel like. So. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. So the off season and the season schedule, it's uh, about to proceed like this. Like we mentioned, individual player workouts can start tomorrow in market. Uh, December 1st is tomorrow. Uh, Tuesday through Saturday is quote unquote media week. And this year it's going to consist of Zoom calls and interviews with the players, coaches, front office members. Group workouts start on December 6th, which I believe is Sunday. Uh, yep, yeah, upcoming Sunday. And uh, we'll call that training camp. It's going to be a very short training camp because only six days later, preseason for the Nuggets starts. They will be at Golden State for a game against the Warriors. Then on the 16th and 18th, they will host the Trailblazers here in Denver to finish off their preseason. I'm sure I would know by now. I highly doubt there's any fans being allowed, even even at a smaller capacity. Uh, I haven't heard anything about tickets to those games. You're excited to watch these. I would be too. None of these preseason games for the Nuggets are on national television. Um, We're still having issues with altitude here with our Comcast. Uh, Claire and I got rid of Comcast because of it. Don't want to get direct TV. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch the Nuggets this year, and it's really sad. I'm going to have to wait for ESPN and TNT and maybe an ABC game, Christmas game. Oh, it's no. gonna freaking suck if we can't get local games here you're That's you're fine rough. being in dc you're gonna be able I'm to watch okay yeah anymore. in, in dc what do you think i think nuggets are getting a christmas day game this year what do you think i bet they will yeah yeah Good. jeremy grant I, I is not a it. is not a deterrent to that <laughs> <laughs> abc yeah, dropped them i'm pretty the sure jeremy they'll be fine grant you know what's funny mike singer of the denver post uh he posted like the entire the entire schedule of preseason games. Uh, Cause they just released, like they released this schedule maybe a few days ago, but they released like the TV schedule. There's only a few games and it's preseason. So who cares really? But I mean, I do, I'd love to watch it, but the nuggets do not play any of their preseason games on national television. Guess who plays four times on national television preseason, uh, the Detroit Pistons, the Sacramento Kings, Oh, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess Tyrese Halliburton is a Tyrese huge Halliburton. Drop. Okay. De'Aaron Fox. Um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. It's, it's bullshit, but I mean, yeah. it's preseason, but with, with how little I'm going to get to watch the nuggets this year, I really wish they would have at least gotten, gotten a game on preseason out of their three. But anyway, the regular season will start on December 22nd. Uh, and I think we're, I think this week we're going to get the first half of the schedule announced is basically what I'm hearing. Um, so the season starts in 23 days, very short here. There is going to be a second half of the season schedule released later and closer to the all-star break, according to sources. And the all-star break is happening this year. The break is happening, but they did move Uh, the Indianapolis all-star game that was supposed to be happening this year to 2025. I just want to mention the all-star game, the next three years, the host cities are Cleveland, Salt Lake and Indianapolis. And that freaking sucks for the players who are going to these games. (laughs) Cause I think a lot of players like 
It's an honor to be an all-star. They want to be an all-star, but they kind of would rather have the week off. So if you're going to go to all-star, you don't want to go to Cleveland, Salt Lake, or Indianapolis 2025. So I guess in usually it's in February, March. Yeah. It's in February. Every single one of those sites is going to suck. I think I did make the mistake. Indianapolis was moved to 2024. 2025 all-star better be in like Miami, LA, New York, Brooklyn, uh, New Orleans. I've heard as a, as an amazing place for all-star. I can believe it. I I mean, I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was funny that the all-star games, the next three years are that terrible. Yeah. I mean, they would have been that terrible anyway. Those were the next three regardless in a little bit of a different order, but why would the NBA do that? I understand you got to throw those small markets some games, but um yeah i don't know i mean it's yeah it's not even like i don't know it it seemed like they put one in new orleans recently when there was like i can't remember if it was ad was there or something to try to like gin up some interest in the local team or something but i don't even know those teams and isn't that when demarcus cousins like got word that yeah in the all-star game that he was being traded to new orleans so he just stuck around Yeah. yeah yeah Cool, cool deal. So let's talk real quick, big picture for the Nuggets after after everything that went down in free agency with the draft. We talked, I think the Nuggets might have taken a little bit of a step back this year, but overall, I don't think their future takes much of a hit. They're going to figure this out. Um, I already mentioned, I want this year to be um, not even so much about title contention now. I think there's still a good chance that by the end of the year, like I said, with chemistry and uh, roles defined, that you could be just as good by the end of the season. I still think the regular season, they're going to kick ass. I still think they're going to be a home court team. There's been some podcasts that have uh, said that they took a huge step back. Hmm. I think, uh, I think both like KOC and Bill Simmons, from what I've heard, they're both still mentioning them in that, like, you know, behind the Lakers, like two to four range in in the, in the West. I, I saw, a power ranking, I think NBA on ESPN released a power ranking for the Western Conference had the Nuggets third. I think that's still all correct. The Nuggets did not get markedly worse. They probably took a small step back because of Grant's versatility. Anyway, I still think this year uh, it's going to be a weird year like we mentioned. A title is going to be super hard. You're going to have to play with illnesses and like, back-to-backs all the time you're basically playing every other day for the next six months uh this is the year to experiment i want to see what mpj can do i want bulbul to play enough minutes to really know what kind of player he is yeah that's the big picture for for me this year yeah i mean picture for me they'll be fine they're still a title contender years down the road maybe even this year but like let's let's see what we got this year it could be a really fun year if that's what they do yeah, I mean, I think probably like it's a realistic like step back, half step back this year. Yeah. But at the same time, like, did you think like the Nuggets were going to make the conference finals like last year? Like, probably not. No. Um, yeah. And and they ended up making it. We did not um, so pick I, them to. <laughs> right. And so I, I think you just kind of like, you know, we'll wait and see. Like they've gotten better every year. My hot take is that the Lakers are actually not going to be a great regular season team, despite all the upgrades they did. They're going to uh, rest a lot, I think. Right? I think LeBron is and AD are really going to coast, um, yep. and so like I could still see the Nuggets. I think probably most realistically they're in that three to five seed range, but I could see them slipping up to two. Um, yeah. Like I, I really think the 
the Lakers and they just have new guys too. Like they're going to have different roles and stuff. I, I think they'll be fine in the playoffs probably and very tough, but regular season, I don't know how good they're going to be, but yeah, I think you're right. Nuggets are fine long-term. They're maybe in a better position long-term than had they picked up Grant at that amount of money. So it's, it's good. And we got a lot of young guys. I mean, we're frankly even younger now than we were. <laughs> That's true. And yeah. so like, it's, it's good fun. Like, we'll just see, you know, where they go. And it's, there's no pressure yet. Right. Like last nah. we talked about house money last year. I, I still feel like this year, like, you know, they need to make a showing in the playoffs, but I don't think they need to, you know, get back to the conference finals or to the NBA finals to make it a successful yeah. season. So. It's kind of that same thing. There's almost like, I, and I don't want to sound like a nuggets, like a apologist here. Like I think grant losing grant does hurt like a, in the short term. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the expectations of grant came back were then to be like, okay, now you got to make the conference finals again. And, and that might not have been, you know, quote unquote fair, just because like the West is tough and we beat yeah. the Clippers, but the Clippers easily could have beaten us. They should have beaten us with the lead right. that they had. So, and I mean, there is no pressure. I think we get out of the first round. Matchups will have a lot to do with it. Injuries, blah, 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 of course. But yeah, yeah it wasn't so much of a step back that that it'll affect our um, our long-term goals here. That's about it. I, I want to, uh, for the Nuggets, I want to mention one thing. We, I wasn't sure uh, that you guys would fully be into it. I guess I should have figured, but I, I threw out the idea that maybe in 2022, we head to Brooklyn and go to the NBA draft and the Patty Mount boys are in. Patty Mount boys do Brooklyn. All right. Yeah. That'll be, be good. I, I would love to go next year, but I think with, uh, I have wedding, then honeymoon, then my family wants to do Hawaii for Christmas. So I think I'm going to be pretty booked up for vacation. You might be busy. 2022 Patty melt boys heading to Brooklyn. Hello, Brooklyn. Um, I'm already excited. Yeah, it would be great. Uh, the draft live in person, never been to a draft before. So. No, me either. Uh, Back just to uh, booing Adam Silver. Like, it's going to be good. <laughs> That'll be a lot of fun. Ben, you want to mention anything else? We're not really going to talk about the NBA at large this week. This is a Nuggets podcast. No, I think uh, that about covers it. I'm sure we'll we'll have a breakdown of the conferences before the season gets going. But yeah, we're Let's we're on the it. verge. It's crazy how close it is. So Let's do it. Uh, training camp, individual workouts start tomorrow. Training camp on Sunday. Uh, then yeah, let's have a preview. Why not? Uh, we will be back soon. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Petty Melt Boys. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time.